<laughs> oh, well, I thought our, I thought this, uh, anyway. the funky homo sapien that's right hi and welcome to the heart of brunch podcast i'm your host dyke michaels and with me is my co-host Thaddeus j mckee slappy pappy <laughs> wah, wah. this is my last one guys hey this is my last episode we're killing that off killing me <laughs> off sweeps week we're killing them <laughs> off i miss you it's all right we're gonna get two disabled kids in here it's gonna be great Wait, what? Chris? <laughs> <laughs> no, I we're, we're, we're replacing you with two disabled children. Which is Chris King. For, for okay. sweeps. For sweeps okay, week. okay, I gotcha. We're not doing that. Okay. Uh, Thaddeus uh, has been filling in for uh, Chris King, on who's been on paternity leave and <laughs> from the show. I mean, not paid or anything. <laughs> uh, but um, you will still be able to see Thaddeus uh, on the after brunch. So you're going to need to be a Patreon subscriber. You know where to go to. Yeah. Patreon.com backslash Harder Brunch for only $3 a month and get all your Thaddeus J. McKee content. And I got some big news that I'm about to drop. Yeah. On, some, on the Patreon, though, right? Yeah. 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 It's huge. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty big. huge news. I'm excited. But only for the Patreon subscribers. Uh, the Sauce Boss on the Wheels of Steel, the Ones and Twos, the Last White Dragon. Give it up for Sauce Boss, Zach. Hey there. Uh, and a very special guest with us in studio. Uh, traveling all the way around the country, comedian Raina Calm. Oh, hello. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me and feeding me. And wow, what a good time I'm having already. <laughs> now, Raina, we don't normally do this this early in the podcast, but we do have a special shame s- sequence that we do sometimes. It's not for you. Oh, you're, you're okay. in the clear. Whew. But okay. uh, uh, this, is, uh, <laughs> this is a little segment we like to call Shame, Shame. Know your name. Shame. Shame. You never know who it's for. Shame. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who it's for. Yeah. I didn't think about Excellent that. Is that for bite. me? It is for Sauce Boss Zach. You're it getting is. the shame at the top of the hour because last week there was a calamity and we lost half of our episode and we only put out a half hour episode. Oh, yeah. It was unsalvageable. And I got to tell you, the Heart of Brunch mailbag has been filled with complaints. Oh, my mm. gosh. People being like, where's the, where's the second half of the episode? What happened? Well, so I can explain a little bit. First... Since I've talk, taken on being the executive chef of Harder Brunch. Okay, all right. <laughs> there's let's been just, a lot on my leave, plate. Let's just leave it at you. <laughs> just deserve a lot of shame I can't. for ruining the episode. Okay, I was going to have some fun with it, but whatever. I <laughs> <laughs> guess we got enough content. Here's the thing. I, I've been scared to walk down the street after that because, you know, the Harder Brunchies. What, what, was, what was the name of the Harder Brunchers? The uh, Brunch Maniac? Oh, Brunch Nation. Brunch no, Nation. There was yeah. another one. There was another one. The Hardies. The Hardies. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Hard- 
It sounds Honestly, like fast food. The amount of food that was, it should be called hoarder brunch. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry. Guys. Uh, oh, and real quick, I do want to make a shout out to uh, Eat Surreal for their amazing uh, vegans uh, maize balls spread and the Baba the Baba Ganad. Baba Ganad. That's so good. Um, the good. Uh, I want to say the good folks over there at Eats Real, but it's just Brittany. So the good, the good Brittany over there at Eats Real, go check her out. She's at uh, all the local indie farmers markets and just really makes an amazing product. It's it's like it's vegan. It's also like nut free. It's free of everything. It's gluten free. It's nut free. But it tastes like a cheese ball. So good. Tastes also, like a- I'm having very 90s SNL NPR vibes flashbacks <laughs> talking about her balls. <laughs> uh, fantastic balls. Brittany does have amazing balls. Her, her balls are <laughs> delicious. So shout out Eat Surreal. Uh, and then welcome to the program again, Rena. I'm sorry. Oh, we, yeah. Thank you so we much. jumped all the way around there. I just yeah. wanted to make... Sometimes I forget to shame Zach at the beginning of the episode, and I don't want to just slip through the cracks. Oh, I think that's vitally important to what we're doing here. And uh, Zach, I would like to th- thank you for the feast. Yeah, uh, no problem. Yeah, no I really problem. appreciate all your hard work. Um, those sweet potato chips were on point. Yeah, uh, I mean, some said it was the best part of brunch. <laughs> I think that's a bit much, but you I mean, were the, I would you agree were the him. sum. Yes, <laughs> you, you were <laughs> agreeing <laughs> with yourself. Yep. No, this is so awesome. I mean, I feel like was what was the podcast I did with you remotely? Was it this one? It wasn't this one. No, so that's the Drunk Dial podcast. Yeah, sorry, I can't keep track. I'm, it's I'm, a, <laughs> I think got a few of them. Yeah. Uh, so that is uh, that was one that we kind of started in quarantine. Where we were calling comics literally the day that every comedy shut down and everything. Yeah. So it wasn't really a fun podcast at first. It was literally <laughs> us binge drinking and calling comics and just being like, are you okay? Like, yeah. No, yeah. nobody was okay. Nobody was okay. <laughs> then. And, the first few episodes never made it to air because it was just it was just garbage. It was just people cr- us crying and like <laughs> <laughs> just being way too drunk. Twenty minutes of just tears. Yeah, <laughs> like we talked. Uh, That's uh, what the compilation episode should be. <laughs> is the darkest times of the, <laughs> the darkest the, the drunk dial podcast. Uh, yeah. We talked to Zane Zadie, who was just walking through his house, looking reading out of his cupboard. Oh wow! You know, it was I mean, there was something good. about that early covid quarantine vibe like that first month the tiger king days yes. like yeah where it is unfortunately going to be known as the tiger like, king yeah, era. Is, i like that yeah. you know like that's psychotic in itself but yeah like i had this burst of like oh i, I must do something and like it had this like burst of needing to get so much creative stuff done, like starting a podcast yeah. or whatever. And then like after about a month or whatever, <laughs> you're like, all right, let's just level out here. And, uh, <laughs> what's a sustainable pattern. I kind of used it too, as an excuse to, cause I like, so Thad had just moved in. We had just established the podcast studio here. And like, I love hard brunch, but it's once a week. Yeah. And so I was like, well, we should do something with this. Yeah. Like, so we would like come in here and just make, not prank phone calls, but we call our friends and we would wait to, to usually go to voicemail and then Thad would just ad lib an entire song yeah, yeah, and just sing a song. And like, we ran out of people that he knew. So we just started calling people I know. And it was like, why is that calling me in the middle of the night singing this song on my voicemail? So you're going to put out an EP is what you're saying. Yes, you I got am. It. Well, that was the big news on the, the <laughs> after brunch. I guess you I'm guys so don't sorry. have to buy the after brunch. <laughs> <laughs> No, there's more good news. There's more good news coming out. I feel like people just, I'm glad Crank Yankers is making a comeback, but like, yeah, there's so much real spam now all the time that like nobody really has patience for a good old fashioned prank call. Yeah. Did and you, did you do prank calls ever when you were a kid? 
Oh my God. Yeah. Like we didn't have cable. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that was, yeah. But there were some messed up ones though, honestly, like some, like not bullying, but like there were these gals that stayed at my house one time and we were like prank calling this like phone sex line or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause we thought it was like very funny, but mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. These people that run the phone sex line are like, there's children calling, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> uh, things like that. And yeah, just neighborhood stuff. Like, is your refrigerator running? Oh, yeah. And things like that. I used to call and try to pretend that we were a radio station and we would just call people and just start talking so fast and be like, hi, you're on the live on the air. You're going to win $500. And I'd have like a slide whistle and be like, <laughs> oh like and they're like, uh, okay, you know, like. <laughs> And then we just start asking them like a series of questions and Man. then, you know, just yell something obscene at the end or whatever. But my prank calls were always much darker. You remember, <laughs> you, do you remember Robin Williams? Do you remember that guy? Yeah. Yes. So like, <laughs> remember when he did the prank calls like as Mrs. Doubtfire? Uh-huh. And like, he'd be like, oh, like I want to hit you with the hose and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'd call Charter. And and reenact that that whole scene <laughs> where he's uh, saying like he's gonna beat this kid off the hose. Get off the roof, Timmy! I wanna beat you with that hose. So like that whole scene was just like reenacted. But Charter had to hear it. Like yes, I, I have a problem with my kid, and uh, I think he needs help. And then I'll just do that scene. And, and Charter then, was like a helpline, right? Was a helpline for, like for people a, going through some okay. severe problems. We wow. just need to pause for a second to be like, do you guys remember Robin Williams? Because <laughs> that was the darkest thing that I think. Like, but then I feel like. It should have been do you remember the prank calls from mrs doubtfire because yeah. of course we remember robin williams but that's like, what i was saying he drops yeah. it just like no one's ever heard of it like hey have you heard of this little obscure thing here's the thing if there's not a never forget attached behind it <laughs> i don't know if people robin strong honestly true story and this is i'm not proud of this but my brother had to get surgery last year on september 11th and so i was driving him and we saw flags at half mast and we were like what's that about <laughs> oh, and we no. didn't we literally we forgot yeah. <laughs> we, we, truly, oh, we forgot it was not he had a surgery that day we weren't thinking about 9-11 we were like oh gotta get to the appointment and that's amazing i, I yeah. had i had this honest thought this this past year last month on september 11th i go man I can't believe it's been 10 years since 9-11. Oh my God. <laughs> We're starting to forget. Well, you can't, you can't forget Bush it. Knew. The anniversary years, like the 20, 10-year reunion. But he forgot the anniversary year. The reunion. <laughs> hey, guys, let's get back. We're going to get the band back together. Oh Everyone, come on. Let's get Iran. those buildings back together. Yeah. Afghanistan. Let's get that jet fuel back up here. Let's come go. on. Let's get uh, him out of the Steel ocean. Steel get over here. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I, like, I've been seeing more signs. Like that say never forget. Yeah, I'm like I'm starting to get mad. Like for some reason, like okay, we can like l- forget a little bit. Like I think after we killed Osama bin Laden. Yeah, like then we can start. Like we we did it right. Like what else are we gonna do? What's well, like well, growing up, I always saw like Pearl Harbor Day on the calendar, and I was like, yeah, yeah, Pearl Harbor that was rough for somebody, you know. Like yeah, I, I also want to say for the listeners that during that whole chunk of 9/11 stuff, Zach was the only one who was physically experiencing shame. Uh, <laughs> seemed the only one to be ashamed of us and not saying anything. Well, he has a tattoo on his back that says never forget. (laughs) No, I was riding in the car with Thad yesterday when he was pointing out angrily 9-11 signs, and I thought it was a really odd thing for someone who's not my grandparent to be pointing out. And I was wondering, I was like, what is this? This is a really niche sort of political interest. Like, I feel... 
like you know it's like a hipster version of uh political like talking about something that happened you know years and years ago listen i'm pro remembering <laughs> pro memory <laughs> i'm pro memory all the way uh <laughs> well okay but 9-11 i've been talking about i have like a quick like reference to it just because even though it's not a fun topic like when i'm on stage there is like this real that at one point that was like i realized like that was half of my life ago and i'm 38 now but at the time it was like okay i had half of my life thinking one way about the world and then mm -hmm. that happened and then my whole adult life has had a different viewpoint or whatever so like just bringing it back to the prank calls like when I was a kid, my prank calls were things like calling McDonald's to be like, can we order a pizza? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like so giggly. And then I remember doing a sketch show with some friends in my 20s where we were prank calling businesses to try to book a suicide party. Uh, so a like, suicide? <laughs> it was black tie, uh, <laughs> crab cakes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, it's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like 9-11 had something to do with that transition. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Never forget. For sure. sure. Thank you. Yeah. It was a dark day in our nation's history. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the lunch we had today was great. <laughs> I, I, I already ruined. Already, can we start over? <laughs> no, can we start over? I'm hungry. Uh, <laughs> That's why they call me uh, the, the Segway King over here. <laughs> Segway King. The, Johnny, you know the... The guy who invented the Segway went over a cliff on a Segway and died. Really? Yeah, he I feel was like, like that's something you would advertise. He for was it. he was patrolling like the grounds of like where you know where he lived and like literally like, went off the cliff and on a Segway. But you what? can also bail from that sort of thing. That's not yeah, like you're stuck in a car and it's barreling toward. I mean, he couldn't. But. Yeah, no, R.I.P. Wow. Well, uh, that's like the guy who invented Atkins died of a coronary, right? Mm, yeah. Like, yeah, a Segway can't be a cliffhanger. That oh. doesn't, doesn't make sense. It was good. It was good. That deserved better. Than I really liked that. Yeah, I think yeah. You, I think you just stunned people. There was no laughter. We were just like, damn, that was good. Wow, look at him. Uh, is that why people don't laugh during my comedy? Yeah, it's, it's so good. You're just so I'd surprised. Like, wow, this is this is great. Uh, oh man. Um, so I got to do a challenge, uh, kind of challenge myself a little bit today, go cooking some new stuff because, uh, you are vegan. You, you, uh, are pronounced vegan. <laughs> I am, I, I am a vegan. I'm mostly vegan. I, I don't, I will occasionally eat eggs. I should have told you that probably. Uh, but <laughs> I'm glad you had the fun little <laughs> experiments. Um, that's also just cause I'm pro choice, you know? Um, so <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've been vegan now for like, uh, two years, three, two years. Yeah. Nice. And you did an amazing job. That was some of the best vegan food I've had in a minute. That was very good. Thank you. I, I always kind of, so we have another guest coming up who kind of has some vegan-esque type restrictions. So I was like kind of practicing for that too. I was like, I gotta kind of refine these things and see what, yeah, I'm the test what, dummy. What shine? <laughs> <laughs> we'll give the garbage arena, and then well, uh, I was raised really Jewish, so I was like, I was very picky about meat and stuff anyway, mm. and had like weird, yeah, like internal rules and restrictions about it, and it was always so complicated to describe to people. And things have been so much easier since I just started doing vegan. Yeah, like you yeah. Have to worry oh, about okay, it. that's a thing we can look. Did up. you is it keep kosher? Is that what it was? I did growing up, mm. like, and so I think just my 
tastes developed like that where like I've never liked bacon. Um, sorry. <laughs> I can leave. Uh, <laughs> I've just never even liked the taste of it. No, like, you're like, a vegan Jew. I feel like that makes sense. Yeah. Like, but I also don't love pickles. So it's, you yeah. can't really depend on stereotypes, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I think my, I, I think that's how people's tastes develop is like what they grow up eating a little sure. bit. So uh yeah i just have always been a picky eater as an adult and now it feels like uh it's acceptable socially so is there any like food that your family made that maybe isn't vegan that like when you go home you're like oh i gotta break this because mom's making this or grandma's making that um like i mean yeah like my mom actually is my mom's actually really good about vegan cooking Mm. like when she's cooked for me since i've been vegan um but it's weird like they (laughs) didn't really understand it at at first. Sure. Like one of my sister, my only sister, she like went through like, you know, issues where like her sobriety was important and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But then when I stopped eating cheese or stopped drinking wine, it was like, Oh, Oh, okay. Uh, you sure? And my mom was bummed. I wasn't drinking for her birthday. So <laughs> I remember like, even though I just started doing the vegan thing, yeah. we went to a restaurant and I'm like, okay, we can have cheese dip. I'll eat cheese for you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyway, that's a, a, a random, but do you think maybe that's because you didn't like you kind of, as we we're talking about it earlier about like you kind of stopped drinking, but you didn't make it a big to do you know like some some people it becomes kind of part of their personality or like they're you know they're on a hey just let everyone know i'm changing my life right now you know i mean everything my mom makes is really good so i would have a hard time saying no to most of it but she's also like really good about cooking lots of like stuff that i can eat anyway so i'm never you know going without but she makes a mean lasagna i was Uh, i was a vegetarian for 16 years and my grandma we do go out and she'd always be real concerned that I wouldn't be able to find anything on the menu to eat. And I'm like, do I look like I've ever skipped a meal, Grandma? Like, I will find something to eat here. Yeah. My dad's wife is also uh, very good. I mean, they both are, like, extravagant hosts when they when people come over. So, yeah, that doesn't occur to me of, like, oh, I got to cheat because they always give so much food. Just like you, like if there was something else to eat, I would be like, I'm good, yeah. truly. So. <laughs> there was. Uh- yeah. <laughs> Are you just eating like a ham hock in the kitchen? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes there's so many courses I'll forget one. Like we've literally done an entire podcast and then I was like, oh, I forgot there was a whole rack of ribs. Still, like, still on the grill. Still on the grill. <laughs> like, oh, there's all another course coming out. Oh my Lord. Yeah. Uh, so we started off with the, uh, I don't know what you call a vegan charcuterie board. What is this? I mean, it's not charcuterie at all, but a vegan Vegan board. Vegan board. There's got to be a better, funner word than that, though. Well, there's not. There's okay. Vegan's not about fun and games. All the time. Yeah, it's a board. <laughs> it's a board for vegans. Yeah. A board for vegans, yeah. A vegan board. A, a fun... A fun, uh, little tr- uh, snack tray. Snack, snack tray. <laughs> See, I, feel, I feel like that is something that I opened like plastic off of, and there was like a lunchable inside, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah. They're called lunchables. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a vegan lunchable. Adult um, Lunchables. <laughs> so, and that had a bunch of fun stuff on yeah, it. Yeah, that was great. Uh, that was kind of like the fun game of like walking through and being like, what can I put on this? But here's, here's the, here's the kicker. I didn't put anything on that board. I didn't like, cause like sometimes you'll see a board and you're like, Ugh, there's that. I'm like, I'm just going to pick out fun stuff that I like. Yeah. Yeah. What's something that you like almost put on that you didn't like? 
I I'm just this is sounding terrible, but I'm just I'm not super into eating raw vegetables. Like when oh. I see like a thing of raw vegetables, like the big thing is like the raw vegetables and ranch dressing or oh, something yeah. like that. And I'm I've just never like really got that. I didn't like the raw vegetable before. The ranch dressing is not really helping. It's, it's, basic. Not, it's not helping my self-esteem, that's for sure. Same with hummus and stuff, too. It's like hummus is like not far off from being a vegetable itself. Like I'll yeah. dip some pita <laughs> chips in it or right. something, but, you know. And ranch isn't vegan anyways, too. I just want to point that out. Yeah. Right. Hidden Valley. We know what's hidden in those valleys. <laughs> <laughs> what? what Racist. What? <laughs> Racist. <laughs> <laughs> they come out. <laughs> we did so one year two years ago for their super bowl episode uh i thought it'd be really funny to have a ranch fountain because uh, <laughs> oh, zach, zach has like this like chocolate fondue fountain oh that's and so upsetting. I, I put i went and got like a gallon of ranch and put it in the fountain but the thing i didn't realize is that the, the chocolate things it's heated so not only was it like hot a burb- yeah it was just hot ranch burbling through, oh yeah! Wow, that's gross. Hot ranch. Yeah, I love ranch dressing, and it kind of made me nauseous. Yeah, <laughs> like the amount of ranch, heated ranch, bubbling and warm, bubbling ranch. ranch. Yeah, no, it was gross. Bubbling ranch sounds like a nice place you would go to to see <laughs> horses. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, but to like get your like step back, like there's been an injury, I'm like go to the bubbling ranch or certain diarrhea. Oh. You know, like <laughs> wait. <laughs> White diarrhea? Yeah, I mean, that's what that sounds like to me. Yes, like, sure. Sorry, I didn't know if that was a thing. Dude, we always... Have we, you seen birds? <laughs> you met a bird before? That's oh, yeah. Bubbling yeah, ranch. Yeah, 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 bubbling yeah. ranch. Look at that bubbling ranch. <laughs> Falling from the sky. Oh, uh, bird ranch. You know. <laughs> bird ranch. It's vegan. Uh, biscuits and gravy. So it was a... Mm. A mushroom gravy and that biscuits. Gravy was so good, and it's like I don't. I think I haven't eaten dairy, and I've cheated a little bit actually. This last year, I had a couple little cheese slip ups, but um, yeah, it, I I don't know if maybe I'm just like I can't tell. My perception is different now from not from eating so much like fake dairy stuff mm. that I'm like that was like tasted like real cream based something to me, you know. It's oat milk. Ah, oh, yes, mm. yes, yes. Oat milk, which is very popular. Uh, <laughs> Zach found out I had oat milk, and he uh, acted like it was Christmas. He's like, I love oat milk. I was fa- pretty stoked. My favorite of the milk. I like milk, but I'm also a big nut milk fan. Yeah. I just like any kind of milky liquid. And uh, usually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh my I'm, God. Yeah, but not do. bubbling ranch, right? <laughs> oh, that was too much. Too much of a good thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, uh, recently, oat milk has been popular, so. That's, you know, the one I got, and I love it. I love it more than other, you know, like fake milks, faux milks. I like coconut milk, but I usually only use it for, like, dessert recipes, I guess, Mm. or Indian food. I feel like it's good. Or um, I have a weird question, though. Like, what what makes it a milk? Because, like, can it be oat juice? I mean, it is oat juice. So why why do we call it milk? The the word milk is not a great... Because they're using it as a milk substitute. Well, I feel like it, it yeah, you're right. It's it's a milk substitute. But in coconuts, it actually kind of works because like the coconut, like the fat will separate like it does with real milk. So yeah. yeah. Coconut cream oh, and then okay. coconut milk. But no, I mean, the others are just, you know. Everything, everything yeah, else is nut juices. juice. Just, well, or grain juice. Grain mm-hmm. juice. Yeah. 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 It's just trying to. 
Just trying to be. Because it's nice. Like, hey, I'm having some orange milk today. Well, so I was making the French. I was making the French. To- uh, well, I also made French toast. I was making the French toast with the plant based egg product. Yeah. And I'm sitting there dipping it, and I'm I'm being very careful. Like I'm like I'm touching like egg yolk. And then I was like sitting there, and I was like, oh, I probably could just lick this off my yeah. hand, right? It's just made out of plants. There's no right. There's nothing. Yeah. Nothing's uh, uh, salmonella or anything in here. I mean, that's how I feel sometimes about keeping stuff in my car, where it's like, well, it's not necessarily refrigerated, <laughs> but it seems okay, and it's not gonna, it's not cheese, you know, or it's not. Do you have a cooler in your car? No, um, it doesn't fit. Uh, oh. I've got a, I've got like a, a, a satchel of a cooler, you okay. know, yeah, like yeah, one yeah. of those like um, uh, my like hot bags from yeah. the grocery store or whatever. And so I keep that behind one of the seats so that I feel like it's not never in the sun. And mm. I'll put cold stuff in there, like ice cold, like cans of seltzer or like an mm. ice pack or two. Yeah. So like stuff can stay pretty cold in there for a while, but like a day. It's like you a root know. cellar. But here's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I have my Prius root cellar. Exactly. That's what it is. The refrigerator has not been along that. I mean, it hasn't been around that long. It's been 1834. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. What is this trivia with that? No, I want, I'm, I'm fascinated. No, I know. <laughs> but I think we over rely on the refrigerator. I think beforehand, yeah. like things would sit out in the sun for a couple of days and you can still eat it. You yeah. weren't going to die. But I think there's a lot of propaganda that made us have to think like, oh, shoot, it hasn't been in a refrigerator. Yeah, people long look enough. at me weird when I want to keep stuff out if I'm going to eat it like in a while yeah. when it's like yeah i'm not gonna get it cold and congealed and like you know what i mean like i'll just eat it when it's cooled off later you know yeah i think for i mean zach and i both went to culinary school he owns like a food business like i feel like professionally we are letter of the law sure food safe but then when it comes to like me personally like but yeah, like, you'll understand the boundaries a like lot Like what better. I'm eating yeah. at home that yeah. i'm just like it's the wild west well, you know here's something i do i don't refrigerate my eggs Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Never. They're always on my counter. Yeah. It, I and mean, I, if they're farm fresh, you don't need to at all, right? right. Well, and it's uh, really any of them, okay. to be honest. So, like, I did I mean, this they're when I, inside of a chicken at one point, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, yeah, they're pretty hot at one point. Yeah. <laughs> but no, they keep really well. You get about two or three weeks at room temperature out of an egg. Like, yeah. if you're trying to keep them for longer, then put them in the fridge. But yeah. Or, like, a lot of produce you buy, not refrigerate, you buy it out in the shelves and stuff. So, like, the need to put it in the fridge when you get it home is a little bit. Yeah. I only do it because uh, I always get fruit flies. Yeah, sure. I always get a bunch of fruit flies going mm. on. Or I do a thing where I, I buy some fruit, <laughs> veg, uh, fruit, and I'll put it in a bowl and then I'll buy some more fruit and I put it on top of that. And forget the old and then, fruit. And then all of a sudden I, like, what's that smell? <laughs> it's <laughs> like from, a compost bin. <laughs> yeah. Dude, one time me and my ex girlfriend did that where, like, we had. Her house had like the little, like it was a little cubby hole thing and it had a pop up bench seat. And that's where we stored our potatoes and our old newspapers. But what would happen is it would be layer of potato, layer of old newspapers. Oh, we're out of potatoes. Get some like more potatoes. Yeah. Something. And then eventually it would become an indoor compost pile. That's actually just the recipe for bubbling ranch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the start. Uh, I want I want bubbling ranch merch now. <laughs> I just want to have that. <laughs> yeah, make it look like uh like a like a geyser or something yeah, like that, uh, but it's actually ranch. Um, flip it upside down. It's a bird poop and like. Okay, sorry. I got really, <laughs> I got really like a bird's butt upside down. Yeah, yeah. You have to flip the shirt over. Oh, bubbling ranch. 
I will, I will say though that the gravy was, I mean, now it feels yuck because it's like <laughs> it was white gravy um, and it was warm. Um, but it had like the perfect amount of spice. It was really, really tasty. Thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. I used to, I used to be a brunch chef and I, yes. I was just saying, what are you now? Well, I mean, <laughs> like, were you here today? Professionally uh, <laughs> at like a local brewery and I would make like a chorizo biscuits and gravy and then I would like make a uh, a vegetarian one. It wasn't vegan, but it was a yeah. vegetarian one. And I always felt like I really had to like jazz up the spices on the vegetarian one to make it like as good because like the trees obviously the trees so, so, so much flavor and spice. Yeah. And I found uh, thyme, dill, and sage. And then a little bit of red pepper. It's a really good mix for biscuits and gravy. Nailed it. Yeah. We're going to portobello mushrooms and portobello mushrooms. Oh my gosh. Uh, which is, I always kind of like mushrooms are like the, I feel like the number one thing that people don't like sometimes. So I was always kind of like, I was a little scared. I was like, someone's not going to like this. Really? Oh, I feel like mushrooms have, have been more broadly accepted than they used to be. Plus, like, I feel like when people say they don't like mushrooms, they probably mean like straight mushrooms. Like the texture of them, I guess, can be weird. I used to feel that way about mm, mushrooms. Yeah. Like just eating like an actual portobello mushroom was like, I don't know, squishy or whatever. Yeah. But then like the flavor of it, if you don't like the flavor of mushrooms, then who hurt you? You right. know, I don't know. I'll say here, mushrooms are making a comeback. They're they're doing their thing. <laughs> Thank you for being so brave, Thad. I'll say it. Uh, Thank you for a passionate declaration. <laughs> I'll say that. I think this is a good point to take a break. <laughs> we'll be back with more mushrooms after this. <laughs> I love mushrooms. Bum, bum, bum. Back to the Harder Brunch podcast. <laughs> it's going hard. We're here. Uh, <laughs> we still love mushrooms as much as we did before the break. Um, I was excited to talk to you because you just came off a weekend featuring for Michael Ian Black at Helium yeah. Comedy Club. And I'm of the age where my favorite absolute sketch comedy show was The State Girl. Yes. And. I pilfered sketches from the state to like do like summer camp and stuff like that and mm -hmm. like recycled jokes and this kind of everything. So I was, I was so excited uh, to see that it was you and Sarah Huntington. So I was like, Oh man, it's two awesome people that I know that like, like it just from the outside seemed like an amazing time. It was, I'm going to make a big old post about it after this. Uh, Cause I, I definitely have so much to, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still on like cloud nine from it. It's like, I didn't even, 
I've always known I loved, like, obviously I loved the state. I also mm-hmm. grew up, like, on the state. It's, like, in my comedy veins, yeah. you know, of how I was raised learning what is funny. Um, and then everything since then, those people have done, like, you know, what Hot American Summer was huge. Yes. I even got into, like, uh, Stella, Stella and the things yeah, that were yeah. lesser known. I was really into that. And honestly, I forgot how big of a fan of Michael Ian Black specifically that I was. Mm-hmm. Like, not like he's forgettable, but because I, I like I owned his book in my twenties. Uh, I bought his book, My Custom Van, which is a collection of essays. That when I tell you that I don't read a lot of books, first of all, but when I tell you I loved this book, like me and my friends would bring it to the bars and be like reading it to the people at the bar, like oh, and wow. laughing about it. And I gave it to, as gifts to people. I like posted about doing the shows, and my friend Jenny was like, oh, "I remember you bought me his book." I'm like, "That's right, I did." Um, and also the state put out a book called State by State with the State, <laughs> where they go through all 50 states and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, I'll be damned if that wasn't a huge influence on my personal mm-hmm. journey. Um, but all my stuff's in storage. So I didn't have my copy of his book. I don't even know if I still have it, if I lent it to somebody or State by State. That's in storage in Texas somewhere. So I ordered another copy of his book off Amazon just to have him sign it. That's great. Um, and he's so kind. Uh, and... Um, yeah, it was a very, uh, rewarding experience, like spiritually, even like my comedy soul is like so gratified right now. Just, he said I was funny and I'm like, I know, but like it means extra (laughs) right now. And yeah, I just really also appreciate it's such a difference being able to do shows with somebody who's fans like what you like mm, yeah, you know yeah. like that you know that they'll like your stuff oh, because yeah. you guys both like his stuff yeah, you know and yeah. um so that was true and because he doesn't sell merch or anything like that which he totally could make a ton selling books and stuff after but because and his new hour is so great but also he you know i think he's just like you know paying bills with it right now and yeah. like not like he like needs the money. I mean, we all do, but you know, I don't think he's like as enamored with the process as like I am right now. Mm. I think he's just kind of like doing it. Um, and he's great. He's so great, but he's so humble about it. Like, um, so it's kind of cool to see somebody be like, yeah, it's kind of like the first thing he said to me and Sarah when we got there was like, I asked if I could sell merch and he's like, it's your show, you know, do whatever you want. Like, um, was he being sarcastic? No, <laughs> I mean, maybe a little bit. When I was telling him, it's your world, dog. I'm just living in it. <laughs> it's your show. Get away from me. Uh, no, so I've been doing this fundraiser. I just started. Um, and I set a goal for myself to try to raise a hundred dollars. Cause I'm just selling stickers and buttons. And so it's going to be my, I'm doing it by myself too. I've never tried to do something like this. So I was thinking I would try to raise $500. Um, and it's to benefit an organization called Fund Texas Choice, which helps to provide uh, travel costs for women in Texas who need to get out of state to get their legal and safe health care um, oh. when necessary. And so as a traveler, I'm like, that speaks to me. So I decided to do that one anyway. Um, so I wanted to raise a hundred dollars this weekend. Yeah. I figured that was a good goal. I mean, they're buttons and stickers, like yeah. even asking five dollars for them is a lot online. But I made like $300 from his fans trying to... That's amazing. Yeah. uh, So I'm definitely going to... I'm trying to get to 1,000 now. And um, I was really inspired by like 
their excitement. Also, places like Indiana, people are like, yes, please, like, let's help progress. You're going to yeah. get way more generosity, I feel like, in places where they also want certain things to be better, you know? Uh, so, yeah, there's something. I, I actually want to record my album in a place that's a little bit more... I feel like most cities are pretty liberal and progressive, but cities in places like Louisville or Indianapolis yeah. or whatever places that are surrounded by very red, <laughs> you know, it's like we like, call it, it we call it four sixty five. What is it? Four sixty five is the interstate that goes around. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. As yeah. soon as you leave that, it's like you're traveling back in time. Yeah, yeah. A lot man. of um, Confederate flags. It's wild. I mean, was Indiana part of the South? I don't think so. Uh, no, but surprisingly, still very racist. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, rem pretty yeah. remarkable. Uh, yeah. I think it was sometimes when people think about the North and South, it's like the North was the good guys and like the South was the bad guys. But like the North was still pretty shitty. <laughs> Terrible. And I've seen Confederate flags in North Dakota, yeah. you know, like that's, that's true. There's got to be a Confederate flag in Canada somewhere. There Probably. has to be. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that traveling around has given me like a perspective that I wouldn't trade in for anything, mm -hmm. like being able to kind of like, yeah, like get your own history lesson in real life, like 3D going around these places and like feeling it and meeting the people and seeing the like the effects of everything. And I mean, you hear about redlining, you know, and stuff like that but you drive through it in every state and it feels different, you yeah. know, after a while, like you just see it. Like, I feel like when I see the Confederate flag, uh, and like Indiana, like it, it's like one, it's like one feeling, but like when I like the more South I go, the more scared I am of that flag. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I always felt a little different about it. Like, like, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, that's weird. It, Can you I'm think sorry. of some reasons why maybe I'm that? Sorry. Yeah. I want to hear this. <laughs> yeah, no, and I'll tell you why. Like, I feel like, so not that I not to back the the validity of any claim. However, I feel that there's a certain sort of claim down south of like, well, this is kind of like a flag that was part of our history or whatever for a certain part of time. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, not backing the validity of it, but you know, it was never one of Indiana's flags. Right. So if you're opting into that, there's a like That's I feel like there's a much more direct reason and it's not for any like sort of heritage. Yeah. No, I get what you're like, saying. Like there's like yeah, that that's my only point. Like I've said before, like at my school they used to fly that flag at Martin Luther King Day or like during Black History Month. Like they would circle the school around it. And then you just got used to it. Like you're like, all right, this these guys are just being like like kind of hillbillies. I don't know if you're allowed to say hillbillies anymore. Um, <laughs> Cancel. Uh, dumbass crackers. I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know whatever you want to say, but like uh, they, they're just being they're being weird. So like I, I I think I've got used to that. But like like the lower you go, like the more like that r runs in their blood or in their yeah. veins or something like that. I went. I visited. I I. I I mean, I try to like visit places that like are significant or whatever to be able to like I don't know. I went to Gettysburg um, to like see that, and that was so that it was so much more of an emotional stop than I thought it would be, just because of like you can feel like oh yeah, there was like major death here, you know, sure, like yeah. and um, of all kinds of people, but like yeah, it's just bad, and like there's one side of Confederate memorials and one side of un like Northern memorials and. Um, it seems weird that yeah. that's the case. Like you, like, can't even be, you can't even be dead in the same place. Right. But also like, I mean, I get that a lot of these guys died defending the South, but like the South lost, 
Well, so uh, a lot of it, and I think, I think this is where a lot of the Confederate, like the original Confederate soldiers, come into play. Was like a lot of healing after the war was you had to give these the they gave these concessions and they said that everyone fought basically like everyone's a veteran of this war even yeah. like the losing side so there had to be like this kind of respect and it was all because they were trying to just heal the country back up at the time i guess what's bothersome is not that there's different memorials it's kind of like you can't help having a little bit more of like a eye on who's at which ones you know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you're on the Union side or whatever, it seems all whatever. But then when I was driving down the strip of Confederate memorials, it just seemed like there were certain people that were like paying real homage to Robert <laughs> E. Lee there. You know what I mean? Like it seems like, oh, these are not the people I want to be yeah. here with. Yeah. It was, you know? I think They're it was with the, when the Confederate statues started going up in like the 90s and stuff. It was like, maybe we stop right. making these. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Who's making money off I, this? I understand the original ones. No, and honestly, especially as somebody who's been such a, a wonderful host, you know, and hospitable here to me, something that really messed with me as a traveler who's constantly like staying with people and things like that um, was when I, I went to on a plantation tour um, a few years back and I went to one of the ones that was called like the good ones, you yeah. know, which is like, I don't even know what the fuck. <laughs> that's, that's what I call sad. <laughs> but it was supposed Wait, to be. Whoa. <laughs> All right. It was supposedly one of the plantations that was like further up north. So it was ones where they weren't as torturous and cruel <laughs> sure, yeah. or whatever is apparently what they said. But then I just couldn't really like a even. Spa. I couldn't believe. Slave spa? A slave spa. I've been to one of those slave spas. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> oh my God. Um, it's yeah it's like this weird massage they do it's like it hurts a lot it hurts a lot with like it's like a whip almost but then all of a sudden you're like oh okay Okay. I get it they're releasing toxins it's a toxin based Uh, massage I've heard those well I'm cancelled acupuncture (laughs) yeah that's where it came came from yeah heavy puncture Uh, less acu so Uh, you're at this really you're at this really cool plantation go on no but it was really it blew my mind that even nowadays and I guess this was maybe even before uh, it was probably after 2016 but either way it's like the whole tour was history about the family itself Mm -hmm. and nothing about one family in this one house and nothing about any of the I think 40 families that were living in this other much smaller room. And the thing that, I mean, that was hard enough to see. They spent no time talking about the slave families at all. And then they have this rich family were like incestuous. They died off because the sisters were fucking each other and like oh. they never married. So it's like, okay, yeah, let's talk more about them. <laughs> I mean, that is pretty interesting. That is pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah, but it's like, yeah. let's talk. I mean, more. let's add some slave stuff, but I want to hear about the scissor sisters. <laughs> <laughs> but, scissor sisters. Okay. Okay. But truly the most as a traveler <laughs> and as a frequent house guest, the thing that bothered me the most was the guest room in the back. Because Not the, the slavery. <laughs> no, but this is why. This is why. Yeah. It's because of slavery that this is why <laughs> the guest room bothered me so very much. Because yeah. the whole concept of Southern hospitality is like a thing, right? Yeah. Because it's customary in the South where they would all have these guest rooms where travelers, whoever the fuck they were, could come through and just take rest in their house and yeah. have a foot bath and a bath mm. like food and whatever yeah. they yeah. wanted they could just come live off of these people for as long as they wanted she said the tour lady was like yeah some lady just showed up here and just ended up living here till she died i'm like because she loved it wow so you guys are like yeah 
come on over stranger i'll wash your feet in this <laughs> like this room is as big as the quarters for the slaves so yeah. i couldn't believe that like that's the mentality of they like, got it half right you know they got it half right christ like it just didn't get it all i the mean way. to have your own guest room is like i mean for me as like a hobo i'm like wow them are some nice quarters <laughs> <laughs> <We're> like <laughs> like then yeah just the contrast of that i'm like is this is this thing on like are you listening to yourself talk right now like glorifying the hospitality in the south i'm like you said you just went down to new orleans right yeah i love new orleans i i've i've talked ad nauseum about how much i love the food everything down there not the best for vegans to be honest but i can imagine yeah (laughs) but every time i go down there still like like every time i go down there like each year i'm like surely it's changed by now like but there's always this kind of like this weird like blackface culture like in a lot of like their gift shops and stuff and it's just like and it's they're not hiding it it's just all there and it's just everyone's a, like i feel like even the black people it's there voodoo. are like oh it's just part of the culture but it's like a lot of like the little mammy dolls and stuff and a lot of, i'm just like stuff that if you saw it up here you'd be like what is this but down there it just it's just everywhere kind of they did see it up here once yeah <laughs> honestly one of my favorite puns i've ever written it was not very well received but i still love it which is that um uh, New Orleans was the center of the U.S. slave trade. That's why it's called the Bayou. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> so again, it was not well received, <laughs> but I still like. I'm gonna go sit out there <laughs> for the rest of this I episode. Feel like that's good wordplay. It it's is. not. It is. <laughs> It was a good racist joke. <laughs> it's not. I don't condone the slave trade. But no, there was somebody that got in yeah, trouble man. up here that was was wearing blackface in the context, the cultural context of New Orleans. Oh, I know exactly. It was yeah. his local then, business owner. Yeah, and then they, you know, obviously He's like, what? Got, I just love ketchup. You <laughs> know? Then they got, you know, pretty heavily called out, and then they were making the explanation. They like, no, this is a thing. Double down. Like, wait, yeah, wait, what yeah. business was he doing up here? No, he had a... So there was a local business owner who used to have a restaurant here. He was from New Orleans. And this is a real thing. You can look it up, that they have these... Um, they have these floats, these... Uh, what are not... Ziki, what am I? Uh, I forget. Uh, but they they have these parades that they do every year, and there was one that was historically a black only parade, and then they opened it up. So and, more fun. Yeah, they opened it up, and it was supposed to be kind of like an African like tribal theme, mm-hmm. and then eventually they it was always segregated, and then when they desegregated, the black people insisted that if white people wanted to participate, that they had to put on blackface it's a nice trap um so <laughs> i've seen you two play this game with so, us before <laughs> so That's interesting so it's a thing that even to this day that white people participate in and it's it is part of the culture however you have to i understand if you move across the country that just putting a picture of yourself in blackface on facebook uh, might be in your local business owner might raise some eyebrows and then instead of just being like Hey, I'm sorry, I offended people, blah, blah. This is actually this, this, this. And he just doubled down and was like, this is my culture. Yeah. And it was just like, it was insane. So, I, I, okay, well, one time we grew up Jewish and so we had Purim. And um, one time my sister did dress up as Coolio for yeah. Purim. And <laughs> when I say she had, she wore blackface, it's not like what you're thinking of as blackface. I mean, right. it is maybe, but it was like, it was, it was very like, it was, it was artfully done in the way of like she really just loved Coolio and yeah. wanted to like pay tribute to Coolio. Right. Not she didn't do the red lips. 
No, no. <laughs> but I did braid her hair. Um, and my mom just got like makeup for dark skin. Mm. And like she, you know, she just like went as Coolio. It was yes. like during uh, Gangsta's Paradise when that came Can, out. Anybody that did blackface after 89, <laughs> I'm sure they didn't understand the history of it. I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't be the spokesman um, for that. No, it's, it's, well, were you about to give out a pass? Yeah. <laughs> No, no. No, two, two things here that I want to get out real quick. One, I we talk about it a lot, but our, our friend Hannah uh, talks about how when she was a kid, they dressed her little sister up in blackface to be Jackie Robinson oh my God. for a notable Americans play. Aww. And so they got the race and gender wrong on that one. Asian American. <laughs> but then uh, the other thing is too is like you did make a point that you were gonna stop throwing your family under the bus and I you know. just said your I sister know. Well, that. I know but to be fair my sister was dressed as Coolio as a child but she would never want that picture seen now as an adult because she understands that yeah, it's not sure. right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, all of our viewers out here please forget that she just said that. No. <laughs> we're not searching for that uh, Coolio blackface. I'm the only one with a physical copy of this picture it's not on the internet you can't find well, that's it. That's gonna be worth money. Yeah. yeah. I've had to I've had to tell some people recently here just kind of like uh they were like party pictures of like places i used to work and it was like definitely like somebody was in blackface and i was just like look i'm not trying to like upset the apple cart here i'm just saying like this will become an issue yeah you it would probably be best just to take that photo down yeah and then they're like oh yeah yeah like like come on man look help me help you can i can i just make an assumption right now ignorant assumption i don't care you guys correct me if i'm wrong but is it mostly the white people pointing fingers right now like if you do something like that if you do blackface is it isn't it isn't it like a white person that's going to catch you like like i like even okay let's back it up if you're just like saying yeah something, i was protecting them from other white people that were going to cancel them i was like take yeah, that shit down that's what i'm saying like right now i feel like with this a lot of the cancel culture stuff like i know we're trying to be come more woke and we're trying to like figure out what the right things to do are but like, i just feel like majority of it is like the I don't know. I just feel like it's more white people feeling uncomfortable about you doing something. Some We're like, of it. I feel like blackface is so blatant that, sure. like, you know, like, I feel like, yeah, like, I feel like black people can let us know when there's something that we haven't already noticed that's we're doing wrong. But you do, know what I mean? Do but you remember like, the movie Soul Man? Do you remember that? That's yeah. my never favorite example. <laughs> I'm so shocked that's even a movie. I I would just watch. We'll watch it afterwards. But the not the whole movie, but the just the trailer for the movie is so jaw dropping, and you're like, I can't believe this was not that long ago that this was a major motion picture, and they got James Earl Jones in it. I mean, Ted Danson in blackface was like, I remember like that was oh, yeah, at the Oscars with, with or something. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. Anyway, um, I just said all that because, like, I don't know, like, me and Dyke were at a party uh, last night. It was a Halloween party. Yeah. And everybody was in blackface. And <laughs> <laughs> no, like, there's a, there's this rap song that came on and this uh, white girl starts rapping and she drops the N word like twice. A uh, first time on purpose, second time on accident. Just That's like, so Indiana. And she just kept doing whoops, whoops. Ah, oh, there it is again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, a, like it was, was the hiccups. Yeah, it she, was, had, she had the nigga hiccups. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the nigga hiccups. The nigga hiccups is uh, a new dance I'm creating. Um, anyways, long story short, yeah. me and you were both like. 
like, because it was like we were both just like tired and like we're not gonna address that. Like we don't have time. Like this is our part. But it was like more like the white people were like, wait, hey. I was, yeah, I was more embarrassed that it was your girlfriend that was doing well, it. I, was like, <laughs> okay. I just that. want you to like. I want to believe and I want you to feel or whatever like that. If you weren't there, that they would still be like, hey, like yeah, you know that's what, I mean? that's what like, it is. That's what it is. Like now, yeah. like like I feel like there's a time where. We're, we get a break. Yeah. And we're just like, all right, you, you guys uh, figure it out amongst yourselves. Like, I don't need to defend what you just did. Well, like at marches and stuff like that, too. Like, I just went to the Women's March. And, like, I don't know. Like, I've been to, like, Black Lives Matter rallies where it's like, hey, you know what? Like, white people probably shouldn't be leading the chance, you know, kind of a thing. Like, maybe you should just kind of, like, follow. But at this last Women's March I went to, it was kind of like there was dudes leading some of the chants and my perspective was kind of like thank you because i'm freaking tired you know and i'm sure black people feel that way too and yeah. like you know we'll still whatever you guys say i just painted a beautiful picture of someone interrupting me like like a white girl be like hey you should chant this way like i'm doing <laughs> like correcting me like no like let's do this chant now I don't know how. Did that I, happen to you? No. Oh. If, I, if I was trying to lead a chant, and the white girl's like, she's correcting not, your grammar. Well, yeah, not, <laughs> we don't say eight. We oh say, my god, eight ain't a word. Eight ain't a word. We're not going to do it that way. I don't know how. We always seem to get off on racial tirades here. Um, yeah, that's really done a good one. I did, I did what? <laughs> I did what? I circle back to Michael Ian Black just for a second. Yeah, because oh, I, keep it black. <laughs> Yeah, keep it a black. My favorite joke in interviews, too, about the state is that he'll talk about, like, we had all the bases covered. We had a girl. I'm Jewish. We did not have a black person. Uh, or, like, that's the only thing we were missing or whatever. Just, like, he's very open to, like, talk, pointing that out and, like, being aware of it. Like, yeah, they also yeah. started in college. And, yeah, they were a bunch but of But it was, like, kids. it was, like, their friend group, though, yeah, right? So right. it's just, like... Yeah, it wasn't like a Hollywood choice. Yeah, like, like yeah. And, but, but, but Blackie's here too. Like, you can always tell when, like, someone's shoehorned into a situation. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, so I had this question. You were kind of like, you were just butting up to it. My question was, um, I, I, how do you be cool around that? Somebody who, like, how do you, how, how do you, well, first you you're feel, not screaming inside. You fail miserably at your first attempt is okay. what I've tried, uh, what I did. The first, well, f I also came in there Thursday. I drove from Milwaukee, so that required a certain amount of caffeine and everything. So by the time I got to helium, I was already a little bit jittered up and mm. like... Um, <sighs> jitter is a kind of word that I'm like, did I just say something racist? <laughs> okay. The, the jitter bug? It's... You got the G grows. So that's what we call it. <laughs> it's like I paused for a second because I'm like, wait a minute. What did I? What have I done? Okay. Oh, you mean the jitters? <laughs> the thing that we got when? <laughs> Why don't you just sing "Song of the South" while you're at it? So anyway, uh, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I was just like really excited, and like I said, I knew I've always been a fan of his, but like. It wasn't until actually getting to watch him perform that I was like remembering how when I would watch the state, I was like enamored with him. Like yeah. he was my favorite. I was always like, I mean, they all had their moments for me, but like he was like always my, and maybe I even had like a little crush on him, even, sure. you know? And so um, I talked way too much when I first met him. And I mean, when I left that night, <clears throat> 
once the show started, he like left the green room and was listening to Sarah and laughing at her jokes, which I was like, oh, that's so wonderful to see. And then mm. I told her, I'm like, just, you know, he was like really like laughing at your stuff and liking it a lot. And she's like, oh my gosh, thank you. He's like, was he listening to mine? Like, <laughs> like me too though, right? Yeah. And she's like, yes, he was. It's so, and it's really cool to hear. Um, but also I felt like the vibe was that I had talked so much to him that he was yeah. like, I'm just going to stand over here so she will leave me the fuck alone for a minute fair um and also i'm a little chaotic with my energy before the show like i'm usually running a little bit late and still getting ready a little bit Mm. and so um i ended up telling him this new bit that i'm working on which is like that's already like (laughs) what are we like this isn't an open mic um and i forget how it even came up but it's like about my body and it's like (laughs) I basically described how my body looks like to Michael Ian Black, like immediately. And um, I'll try the bit tonight. I think it's fun. Uh, but anyway. It's called Bubbling Ranch. It's called Bubbling Ranch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then, like, on the way home that night, I was just like, oh, my God, like, that's not okay. You can't say those things. And the next, so Friday when I came in, much more leveled out, I was like, I'm just proud of myself that I had the, like, you know, whatever, to to be able to just, like, stand there in my truth and be like, I was really excited to meet you yesterday and even a little bit nervous, and I talk too much when I'm nervous, so I'm sorry about that. He's like, oh, you were fine. I'm like, I figured I wasn't the weirdest person you've ever met, but, yeah, I can be chill. So I spent the next two days being chill, and then by the end of, like, the weekend, Saturday, yesterday, I feel like we were, like, making each other laugh for real, like, Mm. having fun back there, casual hangs. We're friends. Uh, We're probably going to... Go to some barbecues. <laughs> Start and, a podcast together. Yeah. Um, that's me. Was there five shows? Yeah. And we were doing this thing that uh, made me laugh a lot because he's so expressive, too. We're like, right before somebody goes on stage, you see that moment before they open the door to the stage and they're just kind of standing there in their truth. And then the minute they open the door, it's like, hi, <laughs> <laughs> once the light hits their yeah. face. So like, <laughs> we were having a laugh back there being like, I'm a husk. I'm a husk. Hello. <laughs> hi. <laughs> So I wish I, I was I wish I had my camera. I would have filmed him doing that. That was really fun. That's amazing. You also, I mean, you're a, very much every bit of a road dog comedian. You travel around everywhere. Oh, um, sorry. You get to see, <laughs> you get to see all this amazing stuff. Uh, like we're, I'm, I'm sure there's some good parts of the country that you get to see. I know we talked a lot. We focus a lot about racism for their yeah. better part of the podcast. But um, do you like? Oh, it's everywhere. Journal. <laughs> Do you like journal or something? Like, is this something like you could ever like write a book about? Just like I am life working, on the road. I am working on a book, um, and it's it feels silly to be at this age or stage in the game and be like writing an autobiography kind of a thing. But I just feel like what I've done is so unique and um, fascinating to some people that, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I have. There's lots that I want to talk about when I say write about the last few years of what I've done out there. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really journal ever cause writing is hard enough just for comedy to find sure. time for that. But I take a million pictures. I'm pretty into photography. So I feel like my pictures are kind of my the stories. Get me remind you. Of the, oh, for the sure. Photos. Yeah. I can remember a lot from looking at pictures. So, um, yeah, I I post a lot on Instagram um, and like during COVID, it was kind of like, you know, comedy is for sure my job. That was my chance to get out and I'm definitely all in it. And this is my career. 
Um, but photography is like my hobby, I guess. So mm. I tried to turn that into a job and make money off of that and yeah. it ruined it for me. Uh, no, uh, but yeah, uh, it's really amazing photos too. It's like, thanks. Especially like when you were like out West and stuff like that, it was just like, Oh wow. Like where's she at today? Like, that was that looks fun. That's the other thing too. Like I'm traveling so much and I'm often driving. So I, it always kind of blows my mind. Like, I guess I, I'm fast. I'm glad that people are fascinated by traveling as much as I love doing it, but also it kind of blows my mind that people take social media stuff so seriously to the point where like they really think I'm in all of those places when I'm posting the stuff. Oh. Even if I, <laughs> even if I write like this was yeah. fun, they'll yeah. still be like, Oh, you're in new Orleans or like, Oh man, you sure do get around. And it's like, <laughs> I'm on a couch in Milwaukee. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so it's kind of weird to, keep like the stream of content going with yeah. like, I don't know. I don't want people to think I'm living this like outrageously luxurious life or anything. Like I think I make it pretty clear. I'm in a Prius. It's yeah, not yeah, yeah. fancy. Um, but it's, it's like, sometimes it's like the little things like when it is a little, it's like thing. I never hardly ever watch the sunset when I'm at home. Like that's a thing that I always take note of when I'm on vacation or something. Like I'm we not a morning person, yeah. but I will like get up for sunrise at the parks for mm. sure. Like there's always a sunrise spot I have to get to. Mm. And so, yeah, I just remember like one time I went to Hawaii and I just remember the, like we we're hanging out. I was at a show and I'm just staring at the volcano and I'm like, do you guys have a volcano right there? And they're like, yeah, yeah so what? It's a fucking volcano. It's always there. It's a I volcano. mean, Yellowstone is a volcano, Yellowstone National yeah. Park. Yeah. And that was wild. That was like yeah, being. That thing's going to blow up and kill us all. <laughs> I one day. know. It was like being on another planet. I'm working on this material about the parks because I feel like most of the material I've done on stage has been like sex oriented and yeah. stuff like that. Now you want to talk about brown bears? <laughs> bison am i right i saw multiple bears i saw (laughs) trying to circle back to that joke (laughs) it's funny how the geysers are like squirting like that but that feels like a very feminine mother earth gesture but they're called geysers come Mm, on uh okay now we're we hate puns Um, (laughs) no i hate the earth right now. yeah (laughs) i think we should try all these jokes out tonight at the black circle brewing (laughs) yeah can you drop a beat for me zach Ready to call Thank you so much for Thank being you. on the program. Um, where can people find you and follow you on social media and all that? Keep up with your good stuff. Instagram is my favorite. That's Rena Calm on Instagram. And you can find the link to my website there where I try to keep all my tour dates listed. Um, and my website also has links to some videos, clips, and my Etsy store, which has my orgasm coffee mugs. Great for any brunch. And my photo prints. And my book. My book of puns. Awesome. And a fundraiser. That's it. Okay, bye. <laughs> that is Jake. Hey, I will be in Ohio doing a show. Um, it is called uh, Laugh at the Office Bar. I'll be there at 8 o'clock. Be there sharp. It is free entry. I'm sure the tips are not free. You can make tips to me. I will have my merch and uh, help me uh, get home with gas money. Wait, when does this come out? Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh, or then come Monday. see me in St. Louis um, doing a yard show on Saturday, the 23rd, and St. Peter's, Missouri on Friday, the 22nd. It's all on my website. Nice. Yeah. If you're not already checking out the After Brunch podcast, definitely check us out. Patreon backslash Harder Brunch. Patreon.com. Patreon.com backslash Harder Brunch. Absolutely. 
And you can find me at Dag Michaels on all social media. And I just want to say again, Thad, thank you so much for stepping in. Hey, man. And you've been an amazing co-host. Thad also does a lot of stuff behind the scenes for Heart of Brunch. He does a shit ton of uh, social media posting for us. He's my sous chef. He's the (laughs) Zach's assistant. Uh, He's been doing everything from the photography to guest relations and a bunch of stuff that you guys don't always see. And he's still going to be part of doing all that stuff behind the scenes. And you can still catch him on the After Brunch podcast. But uh, in all seriousness, thank you so much for stepping up and doing that. You've been such an integral part of the show. Thank you, man. And I'll stop being sappy now and just say that I hate you and you smell bad. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, All I have to say is uh, screw you, Chris King, for coming back (laughs) and taking my job. I really did like talking. I'm just playing. Uh, No, Chris is going to knock it out of the park. Love you guys. All right. We'll see you next time.